Well, this is a, a great joy, great pleasure for me to be with you all today here on a Saturday. I love Marian feasts. Whenever uh, a feast dedicated to Our Lady comes up, I get very excited. And uh, I always, not always, but almost always, will begin my homilies on Mary with a, with a prayer, with an explicit uh, invocation of the Blessed Mother. So I ask her, I ask her intercession uh, for our sakes, for all of us here today, that I would be able to speak in a way that would give her honor and would be able to make her known and loved in our midst and, and throughout the world. This is my third homily to this community, St. Joseph the Worker, on the Immaculate Conception. And in the two previous ones, I, was, I, I began with a reminder about what the Immaculate Conception is not. And I'm going to do it again. And repetition is not always a bad thing. It's a widespread misconception, uh, no pun intended. There's a widespread misconception out there that the Immaculate Conception has to do with the conception of Jesus in the womb of Mary. Okay? And, and that's not the case. Okay, the, the Immaculate Conception is the teaching of the Church about the conception of Mary in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. And that she, from the first moment of her existence, was free. She was immaculate. She was free of any stain of sin, original sin in particular. And then throughout the course of her life, she lived an absolutely sinless life. So the Immaculate Conception has to do with the conception of Mary in her in the, in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. But it is the case that the Immaculate Conception is ordered towards the conception of Jesus in, in the womb of Mary. It is, in fact, uh, a mystery that serves another mystery, the mystery of Mary's divine motherhood, her maternity uh, of Jesus, her mothering the Son of God. And in our uh, preface for our Eucharistic prayer today, you'll hear the prayers of the Church say that the Immaculate Conception, basically, you know, God gave Mary this privilege of being free of original sin so that she would be a worthy mother of Christ, so that she would be a worthy mother of the Son of God. So the Immaculate Conception does serve the, the conception and the birth of Christ in Mary's womb. And that's why in our gospel text today we, we see the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and announcing the birth of Jesus. Okay, so Mary's motherhood is the ultimate reason for why she was conceived. Mary herself was conceived without sin. So today's homily is going to be pretty simple, simple message. Basically what I want to do is just say Mary needs to be given a great amount of devotion. And if you're not praying to Mary, you need to start. Okay, if you if you're not thinking about her, she's not in your mind right along with Jesus. That's got to change. Okay, Mary is an integral part of the mystery of salvation. She is an integral part of what Jesus was all about. Okay, she's essential to the gospel. She's essential to Christianity. And so the title of this homily would be something simple like. Where the mother is, there also is the son. So if you want Jesus, go to Mary. If you want more of Jesus, you go to him through his mother. Where the mother is, there also is the son. If we notice in our first reading from the book of Genesis, we've got what's called the Proto-Evangelion, which, which means, it's a fancy word that means the first gospel, the first time the gospel is announced. 
Can you imagine that? The first time the gospel is announced is right back in the beginning of Genesis. Okay, you're not three chapters into the whole Bible. The Bible's a big book. You're not three chapters into it before you hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Albeit in a veiled and mystical, mysterious fashion, but it's there nonetheless. Okay, God says to the serpent, who's the symbol of the devil, he says to him, I will place enmity between you, devil, and the woman, between your seed or your offspring and her seed or her offspring. He, the seed of the woman, will strike your head and you will strike at his heel. That is a mysterious, veiled reference to the incarnation of Jesus, to Jesus coming into our midst through Mary for the purpose of overcoming the works of the devil, of overthrowing the kingdom of darkness with his uh, kingdom of grace. So if you look in that prophecy, it's very interesting because Jesus is actually mentioned, I'm sorry, Mary is actually mentioned before Jesus. Mary is an integral part of the, the gospel. Okay, I'll place enmity between you, devil, and the woman. The woman is mentioned before her offspring is mentioned. And it's Mary that's being talked about here. It's not Eve. Okay? Because it's the offspring of Mary that would overcome the devil, not the offspring of Eve that would, would overcome the devil. Okay? The offspring of Eve is all of us. And we're in need of help. We're in need of salvation. And the woman would come and she would give birth to the one who would set us all free. But she's integral to that whole process. It's true, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. But it's that's true only in the sense that he merited for us on the death of the cross, uh, through the death of the cross, all the graces that we need for salvation. Okay, But how would he have been able to have, to have suffered and died for us? Unless... He shared in our humanity, fully and completely. And where did he get that humanity? He got that humanity from his mother. Okay. Every time we celebrate the Holy Mass, we celebrate the Eucharist, the, the full humanity of Jesus Christ comes to us in the Eucharist, the flesh of Christ. Where did that flesh come from? Where did that humanity come from that we celebrate in the Eucharist, that we have a communion in? It came to him from his mother. And that humanity was absolutely necessary for him if he were to make a perfect atonement for our sins on the cross. So, so Mary is an integral part. Without her, we could not have been saved. All right. It wasn't my humanity that supplied Christ's humanity. It wasn't your humanity. It wasn't any of our humanity that supplied Christ with the humanity he needed to save us. It was only one person in all of human history, and that's Mary. That's how integral she is to the mystery of salvation. And you know, there's only three New Testament people who are prophesied about in the Old Testament. Just three. Jesus, of course, prophesied a lot about in the Old Testament. John the Baptist gets a little bit of coverage. And then Mary, for the number of prophecies. And she has the privilege of being mentioned first in the first prophecy about the gospel. Okay, about the woman. So if you look at that, prophecy says, you know, I'll place enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will strike your head, you he will strike at his heel. If you look at that, you got Mary, you got a reference to her offspring, but it's connected with a pronoun, 
that's connected to her, and then it's two references to the Messiah. So she's got about 25 to 50% airtime in that prophecy. Okay, that, that's pretty significant. Okay, she's really, really important. And uh, we, we see in the lives of the saints how important Mary is. I think in particular of Padre Pio. When Padre Pio was on his deathbed, and he, you know, oftentimes they'll, they'll have a cross that's been placed on their chest, and they're holding onto the cross, and they're, they're really in the throes of, of the death throes. And he's saying repeatedly over and over again, Jesus, Mary, Jesus, Mary. How easy of a, of a short little prayer is that for all of us? When we say the name of Jesus, follow it up with the name of Mary. Where the mother is, there also is the son. I think of the wise men, you know, we're going to be celebrating the Epiphany not soon after Easter. When the wise men, when they were searching for the child Jesus, says they came into the house and they saw the child with his mother. Where the mother is, there also is the son. If you think even just in our artistic tradition, okay, or if you think in your imagination, go back to that time of the wise men seeking the infant Jesus. The mother... Is looms large in the visual field. Okay, so just like visually, she takes up more space than the infant and surrounds the infant. Is the context, so to speak, the visual context or backdrop or background within which we can see the sun. So also in our spiritual lives, Mary is the field. She's the context. We go to her, and when we get to her, we find within her Within the mystery of Mary, we find our Savior, Jesus. Now, here's one more thought I'll leave you with here. So, at the beginning of humankind, there is this prophecy about the Messiah who is to come and who is to overthrow the devil. Now, the devil is a smart guy. And that prophecy essentially keyed him on to God's plan. Okay, now, he didn't know all the ins and the outs of God's plan, but he knew that there was going to be this seed of the woman that was going to come and that was going to pose a threat to him and his evil design for humankind. So he had it out for the son, for the seed. He's always looking. But who is he looking for before he's looking for Jesus? Who was mentioned before the mention of Jesus? The woman. So if you can imagine the devil searching all across the generations of human history, he's searching, searching, searching for the woman. He's looking for the woman first because he knows that wherever he finds her, he's going to find the son. Now, I don't often, well, I probably never do, and I never will again, advise us all to follow the example of the devil. But in this case, I actually do. Okay, In this case... He's got an example for us to follow. He's searching for the woman, first and foremost, because he knows when he gets her, when he finds her, he's going to find the son. So also, us, for us, let's search for Mary, knowing that when we find her, we find her son. Where Mary is, there also is Jesus.